We'll read Luke chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. Luke 7, verse 24. After John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. The he there is Christ, the Messiah. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft robes? Look, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and far more than a prophet. This is the one it is written about. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John, but the least in the kingdom of Yahweh is greater than he. Verses 29 through 30 is our focus today. It says, And when all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, they acknowledged Yahweh's way of righteousness because they had been baptized with John's baptism. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law had not been baptized by him, they rejected the plan of Yahweh for themselves. Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. It's not in our human nature to admit that we are wrong or to admit that we need help. That's not something that we do naturally. We're a do-it-yourself people. The problem is, though, there are some things that we cannot do ourselves. Some extremely important things. We have to get in the line that is labeled needs help. We have to force ourselves to stand in that line because if we do not stand in that line, we will never get the help that we need. In my last sermon through the book of Luke, I discussed... Christ's view of John the baptizer. And it's a high view. It's a lofty view. But that's okay. It's all right. Remember, John never exalted himself. But Yeshua did exalt John. John never puffed up himself. He always humbled himself. He always abased himself. And that's why our Lord exalted John the baptizer. And in our text today, and we'll center in on two verses, Luke 7, verse 29 and Luke 7, verse 30, we have Luke telling us what happened after Yeshua praised John the baptizer and his ministry. I want you to look at verse 29 again. Luke 7, 29 says this, When all the people, including the tax collectors, heard this, They acknowledged Yahweh's way of righteousness because they had been baptized with John's baptism. Now all the people heard what Yeshua had just said concerning who John was and how great of a man John was. They listened to the Messiah and they acknowledged that he was the way because they had been baptized by John. They had submitted themselves to John's baptism. In other words, they had already been baptized by John. Now, we covered that back in Luke chapter 3. This text today in Luke seven twenty nine and 30 is not saying that they got baptized by John 
right after Yeshua gave John praise. Remember, John is in prison at this time. According to earlier passages in Luke 7, he's in prison. What the text is saying is that they acknowledged Yahweh's way of righteousness, and Yahweh's way of righteousness was Yeshua the Messiah, and they acknowledged it because they had previously acknowledged John's legitimacy. To accept John is to accept Christ because all John did was point to Christ. That's why Yahweh put him here, to point him to the Savior, not to point to himself. Notice the next verse, Luke 7, verse 30. But since the Pharisees and experts in the law, scribes, lawyers, had not been baptized by him, they rejected the plan of Yahweh for themselves. In verse 29, we have all the people, including the tax collectors. In verse 30, we have the Pharisees and the experts in the law. The Pharisees and the experts in the law had not been baptized by John. So when they listened to Yeshua talk about John, they rejected what Yeshua had to say. They had not accepted John, therefore they rejected the one that John paid the way for. See, John and the Messiah are on the same team. They're not on different teams. The Pharisees rejected John, so that meant in turn, when the Messiah came and lifted up John, they rejected the Messiah too. It is interesting here that the people who were looked upon as being righteous by the community in that time were the ones that rejected Yahweh's message about John through Yeshua. They were not baptized by John. They rejected Yahweh's message. They rejected the plan of Yahweh for themselves, Luke 7.30 says. Whereas on the other hand, the tax collectors, who would have been looked upon by everyone in society as social outcasts, basically they were thieves, like Zacchaeus in Luke 19, they were the ones who submitted to John's baptism. And they acknowledged Yahweh's way of righteousness. The tax collectors submitted and were baptized and acknowledged Yahweh's way. The Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected the plan of Yahweh for themselves. I want you to remember back with me to when the tax collectors asked John about repentance. If you want to look at a good view of what repentance means, look at Luke chapter 3. I'm going to read a couple of verses in Luke 3, 12 through 13. This is where people were coming to be baptized by John the Baptist. They were confessing their sins. They were repenting in their hearts. And John told them this, Luke 3, 12 through 13, tax collectors also came to be baptized. They asked him, they asked John, Teacher, what should we do? And he told them, Don't collect any more than what you have been authorized. You read about other people there in Luke 3 that said, what do we need to do? He said, well, if you have two sets of clothes, give one of the sets to somebody that doesn't have any. Love your brother. Every time they asked, what do we need to do? You know what John did? Gave them something to do because that's what repentance is. Confession of sin is only the first part of repentance. Repentance includes a turning your back on sin and going in the opposite direction. So for the tax collectors it was, don't steal 
That's what John was telling them. The tax collectors here in Luke 3 had a change of heart. They knew that they were sinners. They knew that they were violators of Yahweh's law. And many of them confessed their sin and repented of their sin when they came to be baptized by John. Brothers and sisters, the first step in being healed, and I speak of spiritual healing tonight, is to admit that you are sick. That's the first step. You will never confess when you don't feel like you have a problem. You will never be healed. But see, the tax collectors weren't like this. They knew they had a problem. They knew they needed to repent of their sins, so they came under John's baptism of repentance. And then John told them what they needed to do. Take only what you're authorized to take. Don't steal from people. The moment that the tax collector stepped down into the water, into the Jordan River, to receive the baptism that Yahweh had commissioned John to bring, that's when the healing process began. That was part of their acknowledging Yahweh's way of righteousness, as Luke 7, 29 says. They were saying, Yahweh, your way is correct. Your way is just. Your way is right. I'm going to submit to that. They wanted a change in their life. They didn't want to continue down the path that they had been going. They knew that they needed help. They actually began acknowledging Yahweh's way of righteousness before they even stepped down into the water. Because you don't make that step after hearing a preacher like John the baptizer unless there's first a pricking in your heart. You'll never go down into the water to be baptized unless there's a pricking in your heart. Remember in Acts 2, before verse 38, that's a very popular verse, but let's not forget verse 37. It says that after the men of Israel heard Peter preach, they were pricked in their heart and they said, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? The pricking of the heart came before water baptism. But you know, it's not just the tax collectors that need healing. Pharisees, experts in the law, they need it too. But here's the problem. These men did not want to admit that they were sinners like the tax collectors. We're not sinners like these guys. These guys are the riffraffs of society. We know the law. We've been taught the law. We can recite the law. We're the experts. Yet they were just as bad as the tax collectors. Needed salvation just as much. All men are sinners, but only some men admit that they are. All people fail, but only some people admit that they fail. All people need help, but only some people admit that they need help. And if we are not willing to confess and repent and admit we are a sinner and need cleansed daily, as Paul says, I die daily. As the Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray, a daily prayer where He says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. And unless we admit that, there's no hope for us because we'll continue down the path of destruction And you'll be on the banks of the river with the Pharisees and the experts in the law. And you know what? You'll fool a lot of people on the earth. Many people will think that you're pious. Many people will think that you're righteous. Many people will think that you are a religious expert. 
when you're on the bank of that river. You say, I don't need to be baptized. I've already got everything all figured out. I don't need to confess. I don't have anything to confess. I don't need to repent because I'm perfect. You'll look pious on the banks of the river, and there will be days that are better than others in your life, but you will never, ever be free. You will continue to be enslaved to whatever sin it is that you are not willing to let go of for whatever reason. Whatever sin you're holding on to and you're scared to confess out of a fear of what somebody else may think about you. We hold on to sins in our life because we think that we need to keep doing them from time to time. We think we have to have that fleshly carnal release from time to time, and it's nothing more than a stronghold on our body is what it is. And it is slowly, it slowly kills you. And it pins you in one moment at a time when you leave sin unconfessed and unrepented of in your life. It's a prison. At this very moment, while I'm preaching, if you're holding on to a sin in your life right now, and you don't want to confess it, because you think you need to keep doing it when you feel like it. You're in a spiritual prison serving sin, your master. Now I want to make no mistake, sin is a pleasure for a season. For a season. But it does not like you. Sin does not like you. It does not want to see what's best for you. It doesn't want to see you free. Sin does not want you to feel joy and peace and comfort. It doesn't want any of those things. Sin seems, it only seems like it's your best friend in the moment. But it is your worst enemy. Sin hates you, sin despises you, and sin wants to see you fall down and never get back up. Proverbs 24.16 says that a just man or a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up but the wicked stumble into ruin. And don't get back up. That's what sin wants you to do, is to stumble and not have any positive result in your life and stay down there in that ditch that leads to calamity. Sin is a killer. It's not a deliverer. It has many, many people deceived into this world. Oh, it has you deceived. Believe me, it's deceived me many times. Uh, You know, to the young people, I still consider myself to be a young man. I like to to think that, 34 years old, but to the, to the teenagers, to my children, to you young people here, sin is very, very deceptive. But I promise you, I promise you, it does not promise anything but heartache and turmoil and problems and all kinds of grief. Sin will make you think that it offers joy and wealth and wisdom but it only brings sorrow and poverty and stupidity. And the people that it has hold to the most here in our text today in Luke 7 are the religious people, the Pharisees. That word Pharisee means the separatists, the experts in the law, the scribes. Those you would look at, and by the outward appearance, you would think, There's no way they need to be baptized. There's no way they need to confess. Yet they need it just as bad as the tax collectors. You need it just as bad as the tax collectors. I need it just as bad as the tax collectors. 
let's not put the tax collectors over here and look at them and say, dirty, rotten tax collectors and everybody else is okay. We all need it just as bad because we've all fallen short of Yahweh's glory. For the Pharisee to confess his sin would be to let go of hypocrisy. The Greek word for hypocrisy has to do with a play actor or a pretender. Back then they didn't have televisions, but they did have plays. And when people would go to see a play performed, the actors on stage would act like somebody other than themselves. That's what the Greek word for hypocrite means, a pretender acting like somebody other than who you are. For the Pharisee to confess his sin would be to let go of that hypocrisy. It would be to take off his mask in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people that know him and reveal himself for who he really is. He would be getting in line with the tax collectors and saying, I need help and I need it right now. But the expert in the law, the Pharisee, doesn't want to do that. Everyone looks up to him. Everyone looks at him and thinks he's the most righteous man in the community. But no, he needs John's ministry. He needs John's baptism. And he needs all of that because it's going to point him to Christ. And he needs Christ. He needs to submit to the man Yahweh sent ahead of Christ to prepare the way. And see, taking off that mask, taking off your mask, brothers and sisters, will have more than one effect. The Pharisees that see you take off your mask, admit that you need help, they'll stay on the banks of the river and they'll mock you. The experts, they will trash you. They'll say, oh, he or she wasn't what we thought they were this whole time. They'll belittle you. They'll look down on you self-righteously. They'll slander you and they'll call you a sinner. But they will be doing the devil's job. Satan and sin come to kill to steal, and to destroy. He comes to be the accuser of the brethren. And anyone who mocks you when you finally take off your mask and you say, I'm a sinner, I need help, I need to confess, and I need to be baptized, John. Anyone who mocks you when you say that are only showing themselves to be a partner with the adversary. You listen, my dearly beloved friends. You don't need a mask. You don't need to pretend. You don't need to hide. The precious blood of Yahweh's only begotten Son is flowing freely in this place today. And it is ready to wash you whiter than snow. And you are here today because you need help. I am here today. Matthew is here today because Matthew needs help every day. Let's take those masks off. Let's quit worrying about what the accusers are saying. Let's not be pleasers of men. Let's please Almighty Yahweh. Brothers and sisters, when the devil comes to you and he comes in many forms and he says this, you're just a sinner. You look him in the eye and you say, I know that devil. Of course I am. I just prayed earlier today and asked Yahweh to have mercy upon me, a sinner. Tell me something I don't already know, devil. That's how you speak to him. Then you tell him this, I daily confess my sinfulness. And the Bible says that when I do that, Yahweh is faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I've been washed in lamb's blood, devil. I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. On the other hand, you have the Pharisees that mock you when you take the mask off. But on the other hand, you take the mask off and the children of Yahweh and Yahweh sees you 
And instead of being an accuser and following the false accuser, they raise their hands in praise to Yahweh and they open their arms to you in love because they love to see sinners confess just like the angels in heaven do. Get great joy out of that. A Pharisee who unmasks himself is just another lost sheep who comes into the fold. He or she is tired of fighting. They're tired of pretending. They're tired of acting like they've got everything figured out. That's me. I finally got to the point where I was tired of doing all that and pretending and wanting everybody to think I had everything figured out. Listen, I'll be the first one to jump in line and say, I don't have everything figured out. I don't. I don't. I need the blood of Christ. I need His mercy every single day. When we take off that mask and we cease to care what religious people think about us and we go stand in line with the tax collectors to confess our sin and repent of our sin and be baptized and be healed the children of Yahweh, the true children of Yahweh, not the false hypocrites, not the religious people who pretend and look holy on the outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones, but the true children of Yahweh that love the family of Yahweh, they will not talk ugly of the Pharisee or the expert that repents. They'll open their hearts and they'll forgive and accept them as Yahweh forgives and accepts them. Everyone here tonight falls in one of these two categories a confessor or a pretender, a repenter or a self-righteous person, a lover of the praises of man or a lover of the praises of Yahweh. On the banks of the river with the Pharisees looking down through your nose at the tax collectors or down in the river standing in line with the tax collectors ready to confess and be baptized by John. And it's so wonderful for me to be able to tell you this tonight I'm a bearer forth of good news. That's what I am. He always commissioned me to minister His gospel, His good news. And if you have been the Pharisee or the expert, there's hope for you. If you've been the tax collector, there's hope for you. The sexually immoral, there's hope for you. The adulterer, the fornicator, there's hope for you. The gossiper, the drunkard, the slanderer, the Sabbath breaker, the ungrateful, the bitter, the hateful, the thief, the covetous, and the list of sins go on and on and on. But Brother Matthew is here to tell you that if you, lost sheep, confess your sin and repent of your sin, Yahweh will cleanse you and He'll throw that sin as far as the east is from the west. And let me tell you, that's a long ways. There's hope for you because Yeshua came to seek and to save those who are lost. And that's all of us! <laughs> so we should get excited. See, Yeshua comes for the lost because that's all there are, lost people. Not everybody thinks that they're lost. Remember when Levi-Matthew, when he got called, and when he became a disciple of Yeshua, I think it's in Luke chapter 5 right there towards the end, he threw a banquet and he invited all the sinners to the banquet. And the Pharisees got very upset. And they said, why do you eat with these people? And Yeshua looked at them and he said, well, those that are whole don't need a doctor, but those that are sick do, for I didn't come to call the righteous, 
you guys who think you're righteous. But I came to call the sinners to repentance. If you stay in the group of the Pharisees, not admitting your sin, whatever it might be, different for different people, you're going to stay an unsaved man or an unsaved woman. But if you confess and repent and get in line with the tax collectors, you'll be washed whiter than snow. Yeshua came for lost people. Yeshua comes for the broken people because that's all that there are is broken people. Yeshua comes for the sinners. He comes to call the sinners to repentance, to change their life because that's all there are. Sinners who need to repent. If you can testify to a changed life today, give Him glory. Give Him honor because you got in line and you confessed and you repented. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the true saint knows that repentance is not just a one-time deal. Repentance is you get out of the bed and your feet hit the floor every morning and you say, Father Yahweh, help me live for you today. Help me to be obedient and follow in the footsteps of your Son today. Forgive me. Have mercy on me when I fail. But remember Proverbs. The just man, he falls seven times, but he gets back up. And he continues on the straight and the narrow path. Yahweh's grace is so deep and His power is so strong that He pulls you out of whatever mess you are in. That's the power of the gospel that Yeshua saves sinners, even the worst of them. But you must come to Him as a sinner and you won't ever see that until you realize how strict Yahweh is. You won't ever see it. I love Yahweh's law. I'm, by His grace, a keeper of that law. But I'm not Yeshua the Messiah. I've transgressed that law many times. And until you realize your wretchedness and your transgressions against His law, until you know what sin is, the Savior, the word Savior, won't mean a whole lot to you. But the moment you see yourself against the backdrop of Yahweh's perfection, and you see, I don't measure up. I've missed it here and here and there and there and there and there and there and there. Do you know that Yahweh's law says that we're to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do you know what that looks like? That looks like Yeshua. He loved Yahweh with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what it looks like. He never sinned. Matthew hasn't done that. Thanks be to Yahweh, he accepts Yeshua as a substitute in my place. That's the good news. Lost sheep, that's the good news. Oh, hallelujah. You have to come to him as a sinner. You've got to take off the self-righteous mask. The people that Yeshua scathed the most were the self-righteous. The prostitutes and the tax collectors, they were sinners. They needed to be forgiven, no doubt. But they admitted their sin. We're going to read about one here in the very near future at the end of Luke 7, a woman whose sins were many, who anointed Yeshua's feet with precious oils. We're going to read about her. She was humble. But the Pharisee, he got upset. He doesn't think he needs help. He thinks he's got everything figured out. Notice, if you do not think that you need help, you'll never get it. And you'll remain in that prison. 
You must step in line with the tax collectors. You've got to rub elbows with the people that everybody else looks down upon. We all deserve to be looked down upon if we're honest. But that's the line that we need to be in because that's the line for healing and for deliverance. And if you want healing and deliverance today and, and a prosperous life, Proverbs 3, 1 through 2, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto you. If you want that way of righteousness wherein is immortality, as Solomon writes about, first thing, first step is to admit that you need help. Get in line with the tax collectors. And then ask, what do I need to do? And let Yahweh's Word show you. That's the line where everybody's getting washed and cleaned and forgiven. Them tax collectors, let me tell you, when they confessed their sin and repented of their sin and said, John, what do we need to do? And he said, don't be stealing from people. I think about Zacchaeus in Luke 19. I'll talk about him here on New Moon Service. Zacchaeus, he climbed a sycamore tree to see the master because he was short. He was a short Israelite guy. He climbed the sycamore tree. He saw the master, and the master looked up to him. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house for lunch or for dinner. What did the Pharisees? The Bible says they grumbled. You going to that man? That man's a sinner. What do you think you are, Pharisee? They didn't believe that they were. Didn't believe that they were. Yeshua went to Zacchaeus' house, and we're not told what he said to Zacchaeus. I sure wish that we were, but we're not told what he said. But this is what we're told, is that after Yeshua got through speaking, Zacchaeus looked at him and he said, Lord, behold, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything wrongfully from anybody, I'll restore back up to fourfold. That's what repentance looks like, brothers and sisters. That's when a man gets touched by the Holy Spirit of Yahweh. And Yeshua said, Today salvation has come to your house, for you too are a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was a lost sheep. That day he came into the fold. He quit thieving. He repented. He confessed. He got in line. The line that says, I need help. And you know what? He got the help that he needed. Hallelujah. But you only get it if you're in that line. If you stay up on the bank with the Pharisees, you don't get the help. You don't get the help. Don't stay with the Pharisees and the experts in the law. They're putting on a show. Don't reject the commandment of Yahweh for yourself. Like Luke 7 and 30 tells us the Pharisees did, they rejected the plan of Yahweh for themselves. You, instead, make a declaration that you believe His way is just. Some Bibles say that the tax collectors being baptized by John justified God. That doesn't mean that God is unrighteous and needs to be justified. What it means is they said, Your way is right. Your way is just, Yahweh. Your way is the way that I need to go. Hallelujah. Walk down into the river. Get in line with the tax collectors. Confess your sin. Repent of your sin, whatever it is. And let the healing process begin. It's no different in the spiritual than it is in the physical. No different. Acknowledge Yahweh's way of righteousness. Do not reject Yahweh's plan for you. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you and I praise you. Father Yahweh, I pray that your word here through Yeshua, through Luke, would touch us today. And Father Yahweh, I pray that 
people would be healed, spiritual healing, and that we would witness it, Father Yahweh. I pray for some good soil here. We, we throw the seed out, the seed falls on different soil. I pray for good soil here in the people today, in my heart. Yahweh, Father, help us not to be pretenders. Help us, Father Yahweh, not to worry about what other Pharisees and experts think about us. And they'll try to do all kind of things to us. But let us not worry about what man says. Instead, let us worry about what you say, Yahweh. And let us, Father Yahweh, confess and repent and die daily to this flesh. I love you, Father Yahweh, and I love your Son, Yeshua. It's through Him I pray.